treasures inside you. Take a left at the spleen. September 22nd, 2021. The inspiration. Treasures inside you. Do you have the courage? Do you have the courage to bring forth this work? The treasures that are hidden inside you are hoping you will say yes. Elizabeth Gilbert, quoting poet Jack Gilbert, no relation, in Big Magic, Creative Living Beyond Fear. In the first season of Big Strong Yes, Dr. Kelly Jones and I read three books, one of them Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. This book wasn't just about creativity, but living a creative life and figuring out how to do that. I highly recommend it. This quote stood out to me when we started talking about Big Magic, and I still think about it from time to time. It's the call to courage and the promise of treasure. It's how many stories begin. Do you have the courage for this adventure? Do you understand that the treasure you are hoping to find is actually inside of you, wanting expression and realization in the world? And it is a treasure that, once created, gives itself to everyone else who might stumble across it. It is infinite, and it is inside of you, waiting to be let loose. The Fat Orange Cat. It's a lot. We have three cats. That's too many cats. Look, I know there are people out there who have like 17 cats, and if that's not too many cats for them, then that's not too many cats for them. There are too many. Three are too many for me and for my beloved, who also agrees that we have too many goddamn cats. He had one, I had two. We feline Brady Bunch this whole thing hard, and now it is what it is, but what it is is too many. So today's FOC is about quantity. One of your characters has too much of something. What is it? How is it making them maybe a little crazy? Is it perhaps that they purchased a $500 litter robot for their too many cats, and then it scared their cats who now refuse to use it, so your character bought like five other not inexpensive boxes to underwhelming results, and then they read somewhere that cats prefer shallow litter boxes, so they pulled a $10 underbed plastic storage box out from the garage and filled it with litter, and now all the little shits put all their daily votes in that ballot box while all the expensive boxes and a $500 robot go untouched? And maybe your character is feeling a little frustrated by and resentful of that extremely expensive turn of events? Not based on a true story. The trope. Bad boy writing devices. There are a lot of writing devices, which I would also define as tropes that I slam on my podcasts. The reality is, like other tropes, the devices themselves, voiceover, flashback, prologue, are not bad in and of themselves, but only frequently used for purposes other than story purposes. They tend to serve writer purposes. I consider them the quote-unquote bad boy writing devices. So appealing, yet so easy to go bad. So today, we're going to talk a bit about voiceover. I'll get to the other bad boys in future newsletters. Voiceover. What it is. Voiceover, for instance, is a visual medium writing device that allows a writer to give narration to a character and then speaks over the visuals we are seeing. But the reasons why VO goes bad can also apply to dialogue within a story. Why it gets a bad rep. 
VO is a huge part of the film noir aesthetic, and it's really not that different from a first-person novel or expository dialogue from a character, which is basically all voiceover. Where it goes bad is when a writer puts in voiceover so that the character can explain something, exposition, to the audience. How to get it right. Voiceover is an aesthetic tool, not an expository one. When you use it as a quick fix to get information to your audience, telling, not showing, it can come off as forced, boring, and inelegant. VO and dialogue and novels should be a tool used to access character and move the story forward, not a cheat to get past the challenges of show, don't tell. Sometimes exposition is necessary and sometimes you may have to use expository methods, but be sure to know you're doing it and make it as brief as possible. The question, building readership. Newish to Substack, and I wonder, have you found any particular tech-slash-social-slash-magic levers helpful to pull while building your readership? Or is that slow, organic growth the only answer? Substack Newishby. Dear SN, Wow, did you ever ask the wrong person? All of my growth is always slow and organic because I am terrible at promoting myself and I am terrible at asking people for things. I was admitted into a program called Substack Grow where the good people at Substack kind of take you through the process of building a solid newsletter, promoting it and making it profitable and I'm learning. But I think the big answer to your question and mine in all areas of entrepreneurship is ask. I recently read Amanda Palmer's The Art of Asking, and it made me super uncomfortable on a lot of levels, many of which have to do with internalized misogyny, which results in a woman who is secure in her own value, making me twitch a little, but that's between me and my therapist. Bottom line, I think Amanda's right. You just have to ask. You have to ask that people share your Substack. You have to ask that people feature you on their podcast. You have to ask that people support you monetarily if they get value out of your work. I am perfectly dreadful at it. Putting little buttons in this newsletter damn near killed me. But the thing is, if you don't click on them, there's no social discomfort. You don't have to say no to my face. I think it's my combined fear of rejection and fear of success that make it a particularly sticky wicket for me. But 2022 is going to be my year. I am going to do the things I want to do and I'm going to ask for support while I do them. Some people are going to say no and that's okay. I'm going to come up with three new asks every week and God damn it, I'm going to ask. I'll let you know how it goes. Wish me luck and good luck to you. Everything out. The Practical, What I Learned from Watching Buffy. I finished recording my last Still Pretty episode on Saturday. It'll be in the feed tomorrow. And it still feels weird to not be talking about Buffy anymore. So to stave off the nervous sweats that happen when I have to think about who I am if I'm not the Buffy lady, I want to talk to you about five things Buffy taught me about writing. One, watching people change is at the heart of fiction. Stories create meaning, and meaning comes from change. Characters that go through a thing and come out the other side, different people, are characters we can relate to and learn from. It's also incredibly satisfying storytelling. Two, if it's easy, it's not interesting. Sometimes writers turn to fiction because they want to break from the harsh realities of real life, and they want to write a character where everything goes right for them. There is no greater fictional snooze than that. 
Show them how a character faces adversity, falters, and then triumphs, and you're cooking with gas. 3. Love stories are delightful. I'm not going into the whole Angel versus Spike thing. I'm talking about love stories. The love story between Willow and Buffy, between Buffy and Giles, between Willow and Magic, between Spike and food. Connecting a character with something they love is a great way to have fun and create fun for your readers. 4. Pain is important. The things that cause us pain matter. In real life, sometimes they're too painful for us to face. But a character's pain can help us access and process our own. It's one of the most sacred functions of fiction. 5. Perfection is boring. If you view your characters as real, flawed people, you'll write them that way. No human is perfect, and no one wants to read about characters who are perfect. The more scuffed up and grimy they are internally, the better traction your story gets with them. Ugh, I may have to start another watch through. Everything, L. Fifteen minutes. Seriously, set a timer. September 25th. 2021. Dear writer, oh my God, I'm writing this at the absolute last minute because I kept thinking, I have time to write this week's dear writer. And dear writer, I ripped through that time like a skier on fresh snow. So prepare yourself. I'm just going to keep typing and we'll see what shows up. So I mentioned last week that I've been trying to learn TikTok. I've since populated my feed with a couple of videos and spent the rest of the time just scrolling and wow. For those of you who aren't using TikTok, allow me to describe it thusly. TikTok is like someone boiled a distraction carcass in water for hours until they had a nice strong broth going and then mixed in about half a bottle of short attention span with two heaping spoonfuls of exhibitionism, then simmered it together until it condensed into a powerful demigloss of pathological impatience and then drizzled it over a steaming hot. Oh, hey, someone's dancing. Now, that's not to say that I don't like TikTok. I mean, for someone with my total lack of patience, it's kind of made to delight me. The competition for attention there is so fierce that people tend to get to the point pretty quickly, but the strategies different creators employ to grab a user's attention is kind of fascinating. And while it's frenetic, and if I'm on it for more than 15 minutes, I start to feel a little clockwork orangey, I'm learning a lot of things about a lot of things. Mostly that everyone's got mental health issues. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm not judging. I've got mental health issues. And of course, everyone has mental health issues and everyone should be in therapy the way we go to the doctor or the dentist. But that's not what got me thinking. What got me thinking was how mental health issues affect writers specifically. I talked in another Dear Writer letter about how our writing is made from our soul stuff. And that got me thinking about mental health and how it can have a serious effect on my ability to write. Some people create from their pain, so when their mental health is good, it may make it harder for them to access the material they want for their work. I'm not one of those people. I create from the light and the joy and the fun. My darkness shuts it all down, which is why I haven't finished anything in so long. I mean, yeah, I'm busy and I've got a million things in the air, but that was also true when I was writing two books a year. What happened to me was that things got darker and the writing got harder for me to the point where it was almost impossible. Now things are better. I can write, I can read, I can listen to music, all stuff I couldn't do for a very long time. I'm still a little bit dead inside compared to how I was before when I felt everything completely, but even that needle is shifting. What am I getting at? I don't know. 
I clearly have not thought this week's letter through. I guess it's just that if our creativity is connected to our mental state and we don't acknowledge when our mental state is being challenged, we can decide that we're just being lazy when we feel like we can't write, like what we need is tough love instead of self-love. Which reminds me of a TikTok video I watched recently. The creator's trans and non-binary, and when they started talking, I was just interested. I thought they were beautiful and they had kind eyes, so I hung out to hear what they had to say. Then they said this. If you are inspired by me and think that I am beautiful, that is because there are parts of you that you see in me that deserve to be celebrated. And I started crying. See, my kindness and love flows one way, outward. Then this beautiful motherfucker out of nowhere just takes my kindness and love and shoots it back at me from me and you guys... I've never felt my own love like that before. Is that what self-love feels like? Because it's kind of awesome. Anyway, the whole point is, nothing we do is made better by being tough and harsh and cruel with ourselves. For instance, right now, I'm looking at this message which I'm writing at the last freaking minute and thinking, this is completely disjointed and I don't even know what kind of point I'm trying to make and what am I even talking about? But maybe there's something of value here anyway. And maybe if you see it, you can also see the value in what you're getting up to. Everything out.